0: I am here in the Parliamentary Archives with Caroline Shenton, Clerk of the Records, to talk about an upcoming anniversary in the architectural history of Parliament. Caroline, can you tell me when this anniversary is and what it marks?
1: Well, this is the anniversary of the Great Fire of Westminster, the fire that burnt down the old Houses of Parliament on the 16th of October 1834. So there's the 175th anniversary of that event coming up later this
0: month. So the building we see today, that we know as the Houses of Parliament, is not the original building. Can you tell us a bit about the original building that used to be on this site?
1: It was a medieval palace which had grown up over the centuries. Henry VIII moved out of the medieval palace in the 16th century and since that point uh, Parliament had been sitting in it. Um, So it's actually a higgledy-piggledy mix of lots of different buildings. Uh, Westminster Hall, of course, which is still standing today, was um, a big part of it. Um, But there was the old St Stephen's Chapel, which had been the royal chapel of the royal palace, which had subsequently become the House of Commons chamber. Um, And there were various other previously royal apartments, which had successively been the House of Lords and various other ceremonial bits of the palace palace
0: so there was a file on the 16th of October 1834 can you tell me a little bit about how it started
1: as well as uh, including the houses of parliament the old palace of Westminster included a number of government departments of which one was the exchequer which had been the finance department of the medieval and early modern state the exchequer was abolished finally in 1826 Um, And in the buildings that it had vacated were a big pile of what were known as tally sticks. Um, And tally sticks were notched wooden sticks uh, which acted as a form of receipt uh, for government income. And there were about two cartloads of these left over in the Exchequer offices – Um, And on uh, the 15th of October, 1834, uh, the Clerk of Works at the Houses of Parliament had received instructions to get rid of these because the building was required for a new court of bankruptcy. So he decided that he was going to, first of all, he decided to burn them in a bonfire in the open air uh, in New Palace Yard. Uh, but then he decided against that uh, because it was going to cause too much annoyance to the neighbours. Uh, and so instead he decided to do something which eventually caused even more annoyance to the neighbours, which was to burn them or order some workmen to burn them in the underfloor heating flues uh, of the House of Lords. Uh, set up was that there were two furnaces under the old House of Lords chamber which acted as a sort of um, an air conditioning system and coal was usually burnt in these furnaces um, and that heated the air that then went through the ducts around the chamber to keep the room warm. Um, so on the morning of um, the 16th of October about seven o'clock in the morning two workmen turned up uh, to burn these tally sticks in the furnaces. They started work at seven o'clock, and by mid morning, uh, there was a smell of burning in the air. But the housekeeper, Mrs. Wright, um, didn't do anything about it. And later, the clerk of works said that he had gone back to check with the workmen that they were doing their job properly and that they weren't overloading the fire. But they must have overloaded the furnaces because uh, what happened uh, later on that day suggests that something very wrong was going on. About four o'clock in the afternoon there were some visitors to the House of Lords chamber... Mrs Wright, the housekeeper, was showing them around, and in evidence given later at an inquiry, the visitors said that they couldn't actually see their own hands in front of them in the House of Lords chamber because it was so smoky and there was a smell of burning. Anyway, Mrs Wright did nothing about this, even though they pointed out their concerns to her. And the workmen uh, went home, having finished doing all the burning in the furnaces under the floor, um, at about five o'clock. Uh, What we think must have happened around that time in the late afternoon was that the flues had probably just got incredibly overheated uh, because the wood was burning so fast and um, so hot and that the copper lining of the brick flues had collapsed. The bricks had become red hot. Uh, On top of the bricks were the wooden joists which supported the stone floor of the House of Lords And um, they eventually caught fire because of the heat of the bricks. And um, the chamber above had a stone floor, but all the other fittings were um, wooden or curtain material or canvases, uh, lots of flammable material. So as soon as the fire started to take hold in the joists under the floor, everything else went up above it.
0: So once the fire caught hold of the building, can you tell me a bit about how it spread around the rest of the site?
1: Yes, what happened was that um, the fire was first spotted in the House of Lords Chamber um, about six o'clock in the afternoon. um, And uh, flames were seen coming out of the chimneys outside as well. By about 6.30, the fire brigade had been called, as well as police and soldiers. But you have to remember that at this time, there wasn't actually a formal fire brigade in London. By 7 o'clock the whole of the House of Lords was clearly on fire and at that point James Braidwood, who was uh, the chief fire officer of the London Fire Establishment, arrived on site with his troops. At 7.30 the roof of the House of Lords fell in. At 8 o'clock the wind shifted and that meant that the Commons Chamber, uh, which was beyond the Lords Chamber, caught fire Um, And that was um, a hugely spectacular um, event. About 10 o'clock, Westminster Hall, which was adjacent to the old House of Commons, was under threat. Um, And the flames were licking up um, the southern gable end of Westminster Hall. And at that point, it was realised that all hope for the rest of the medieval palace was, um, was gone, but that they had to save Westminster Hall. So the firefighters directed all of their attention to doing that. About 11 o'clock, the House of Commons library had disappeared. By 12 o'clock at midnight, um, the painted chamber, um, which was part of the House of Lords complex, an amazing medieval chamber which, underneath all its whitewash, had some fantastic frescoes, that had been destroyed. Um, And by 1 o'clock in the morning, the whole of the range of uh, the buildings was fully ablaze, But Westminster Hall had been saved by that time um, because lots of private individuals, as well as the soldiers and the firemen, had worked to save the amazing hammer beam roof in the hall, um, dousing it with water so that it wouldn't catch fire. Um, By 1.30 in the morning, um, a floating fire engine was able to get close enough to the palace on the riverside to be able to start squirting water um, at the burning buildings. It hadn't been able to get close enough until that time because of an ebb tide that meant there was low water in the Thames and also because of the wind. Um, And from that time onwards, the fire started to die down. And by about 3 o'clock in the morning... Um, it was brought under control, and the huge crowds that had um, gathered started to disperse. But um, firefighting and dousing the embers and keeping watch carried on for the next few days. But as the dust cleared at dawn, it was perfectly obvious that what had happened was the entire core of the medieval palace had been destroyed.
0: So this must have provided that massive crowd with um, an amazing spectacle. Um, Can you give me some indication of the eyewitness accounts?
1: Perhaps some of the most interesting eyewitness accounts um, actually come from the two architects who ended up building the new building. Um, First of all, Augustus Welby-Pugin, who was there at the site, like so many other people, from about seven o'clock. And he gives us an enormously interesting account of how he watched all the mullions and the windows crack open and how the whole thing collapsed into pieces and how the sparks shot up into the air. Um, And that's really interesting because actually he was rejoicing that the palace uh, was burning down, not because the medieval stuff had been destroyed, because he was very fond of that, but because of all the... Uh, the later additions that had been made to the palace at the end of the 18th and beginning of the 19th century by architects like Wyatt and Soane, who he felt had desecrated this medieval site. And another really interesting eyewitness account comes from Charles Barry, who was in fact coming back from Brighton, uh, where he'd been uh, taking the waters, and he saw the glow of the fire from the top of the South Downs, And in his later memoirs, uh, his son recounts that he's supposed to have said from the mail coach where he saw the fire, um, what a chance for an architect, and of course it was an amazing chance for him ultimately to build the iconic building that we now know as uh, the Palace of Westminster.
0: You have been listening to a Parliament podcast. For more information about Parliament, please visit www.parliament.uk.